hard and they execute the system and that's what it's all about. Yes, there sir. Trust. Big trust. Big trust. trust. Hey, yes, sir. <laughs> right on cue. Hey, right on cue. Hey, I, let me Thank you, Mr. Bronson. We are back on the jumbo set. It is week one of the NFL season, 2023. Who would have thought? Look at us. Who would have thought we made it? We made it. Football's back. You know, it's really back this time. It's not like the uh, kind of the tease that we get uh, in August with hard knocks and with all the uh, the associated things. Uh, back in a big way. Football weather not back in a big way. Uh, and I hate to continue to open the show with weather talk, but it is just absolutely brutally hot out there, 100 degrees in some cases in our area. Uh, that makes it tough, but, uh, you know, we're both going to be out there at the game uh, this coming Sunday, Ravens at Houston Te- or Ravens versus Houston Texans, I should say. My name is Jake Luke. I'm joined by Spencer Schultz. We're here to discuss a little bit of that, but uh, mainly we're here to do a full preview of the 2023 NFL season. I don't know if we've done this every year, but it's something we started doing at the very We've least. done at least two. Yeah, we, I, we started doing it two years ago, I want to say, and it's been a really fun exercise. So we kind of just go through every team, uh, courtesy of our friends over at Playoff Predictors. Uh, so check them out. Shout out. No free ads, but they've got a great product on their hands that helps you go through the schedule of each week and do kind of like a full pick them. So we've got uh, our full predictions for the 2023 NFL season. But before we get into it, how are we doing? Doing well. Excited. Trying to get as many best ball lineups as I possibly can in. If you feel like you're listening to this and you haven't gotten enough fantasy, you should download the underdog app. It's hard to explain, but basically you're able to go do a draft where there's you draft and that's it. You draft, there's no waivers, there's no subs, there's no trades, nothing you can do. It's the best. You can just filter on through. Go check out Underdog. You can use my code. Um, you can do a paid one. I won a bunch of money last year. It is fucking awesome. I highly recommend. Shout out to our boy Jack Settleman, who I saw. The Settleman. Yeah. The Settleman. He threw out the first pitch for, for Underdog in uh, the Royals game last night. So use my code SPENNYP53, and you'll get a $100 deposit match. And I'll get like 10 bucks or something, and then... We can make a bunch of money together. So go check that out. I've only done two fantasy leagues. Um, it's the lowest I think I've ever done. I promised myself many times before that I would not do more than two, and I end up with three or four or something. So I've eliminated that down. Just excited for for really gambling. This is our first thorough full year of, of gambling being allowed in the state of Maryland. So we're, uh, we're fired up for that. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'll be putting out a bunch of picks and stuff. And it was fun doing this exercise. I hate the results that I ended up getting, but it was weird. A lot of weird teams. I ended up with a ton of 11 and 6 teams. We'll get to all of that. But Ravens going to be hosting the Texans. I mean, rookie quarterback. We'll preview this a little later this week and stuff like that. But feels good. Feels like uh, the, the football season came just in time. I wasn't, I wasn't itching to, for it too terribly this year, but I'm uh, ready to go. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's gonna be fun. Uh, so thanks for the reminder there. I got to play some some bones on this Carlos Alcaraz match coming up. Uh, but yeah, it's been uh, it's been an interesting uh, interesting ride here the last couple of weeks, and it's certainly gonna be an interesting opening to the season with that uh, Texans team coming to town. That rookie quarterback feels like a little bit of a handshake opener, but you never know. And like you said, we will get into it uh, on the 
flagship podcast coming on Friday. So as you're listening to this, it will be coming out tomorrow on the flagship pod. We've got another uh, pod coming out today with the Orioles doing what they're doing. We've got to keep keep that content cranking out. So things are going to be releasing on the same day sometimes. It's going to be interesting scheduling. So bear with us. But I mean, it's not really going to be an issue for you guys because it's just more content coming your way. So before, you know, without further ado, I guess we can get into uh, get into this one then. So how do you want to break this down? I've got my I've got my playoff predictors pulled up and I've got all my division winners and everything and then full uh, playoff run through. So do you want to just go division by division and we'll uh, break things down? My only question is, do you want to start with the AFC North or do you want to finish with the AFC North? Let's finish with it. I like that. Keep the people, keep the people guessing and waiting. I like that. Start us off. Start us somewhere in the NFC. You call, you call the NFC. NFC. So my top overall seed. And this is like, this is the weird thing about doing this is when you pick these game by game, you're kind of like, oh, well, that's a win. Oh, well, that's a win. Oh, well, that's a win. And like, it's kind of just like you think about the overall teams, but maybe you don't think about some of the weirdness that might go on with the games. And that's just the nature of the beast with picking week by week, uh, especially where we're at right now. We don't know how the season's going to go down. But as of right now, I have got the number one seed. You'll be surprised to hear is the Kyle Shanahan led San Francisco 49ers and Brock Purdy coming off of Tommy John surgery at 13 and four, five and one in their division, leading the NFC West behind them. I have the Seattle Seahawks going 10 and seven, four and two in their division, LA Rams clocked in it and a surprising eight and nine. And this is like what I said with the weirdness of it. I don't know what's going to happen with Matthew Stafford. I don't know what's going on with that roster to a certain extent, but I don't know. Sean McVay, I think, probably factored into some of my picks. I think Stafford's talent and ability to overcome in certain situations factored into my picks. So eight and nine for them. And then one in 16 for the Arizona Cardinals, one and five in their division. So only managing one win that I could see. So like I said, some weirdness with it. It's kind of like how simulation sometimes you're like, all right, what the hell's going on with that? I, I'm not really sure. But yeah, that's how I had it checking out. Niners as the top overall seed in the NFC at 13 and four. And then uh seahawks behind them at 10 and 7 we're also a playoff uh playoff uh team there at the seventh seed yeah the 49ers i had going 11 and 6 i had them as the the number two seed in the nfc i had them five and one in their division i had seahawks nine and eight rams four and 13 cardinals one and 16 i just i just carried them on through taking big fat l's left and right i think that's what they want to do caleb williams with some comments from his father actually I think trickling out today saying that, uh, yeah, if we don't like the team that we're going to go to, then we're not going to go there. You know, what's funny about that is like, this reminds me of Kyler Murray four years ago, right? When he went on Dan Patrick and like, he just wouldn't give any answers. And his dad is like off to the side, like, uh, like, you know, kind of advising him on like what to say and what not to say. And like, that was just kind of a weird draft process overall for a lot of reasons. Some of which not totally his fault. I don't think, but like Kyler, I've just gotten, I've just gotten weird vibes with that guy. I just think he might be a little bit of an empty vessel uh, when it's all said and done. And yeah, I think uh, to your point, we both had him one in 16. I think they are trying to lose to an extent. Jonathan Gannon, certainly not inspiring a ton of confidence in me. Uh, I don't think he's a bad guy. I think he might just be a little in over his head here. Uh, And yeah, I think they hit the reset button on the quarterback position again. And it's going to be interesting to see what Kyler Murray's market looks like a year from now. Definitely. Kyler Murray, I feel like there's just, everybody has a friend that's like Kyler Murray where he just like, can never not get like frustrated or mad yeah. like golfing or like at somebody's house or like you go out and it's like, when's he going to get pissed he's off? He's like trying something? to fight. Yeah. Like, and like the, he doesn't even strike it's me very, as like argumentative. It's I'm not saying Kyler is, but there's just like that one friend that's always like, Oh, he's always going, Oh, like 
what is he even talking about? Like, doesn't even make any sense. Yeah. Like, why are they talking about that? Yeah. It's like, just chill out, man. You're, you're scaring the, uh, well, no, we don't have to go down that route, but yeah. Um, yeah. Exactly. (laughs) Cardinals in, in, yeah, they, they were in rough shape for me. So yeah, that's how we have the NFC West shaking out. Do you want to move over to the AFC West? Um, just general thoughts on NFC West real quick. Like I, I want the Seahawks to be a playoff team. I think they very well could be. Like I said, I hate my rankings, but Seahawks are super interesting. Them and the Lions, we'll get to the Lions eventually, but historically bad run defenses, like terrible, awful defenses. Uh, the Seahawks made some moves to shore that up. They get solid in the interior of uh, their defense, and I'm just curious to see what Pete Carroll can do there. Geno Smith looked like one of the best quarterbacks in the NFC last year, so when I'm doing this, I really just try to look at quarterback head quarterback head coach. Like a lot of times, it's like, yeah, I'm, I try not to shape it the way that I have a bias towards it. I try to throw some randomness into it and stuff. But Pete Carroll, Geno Smith, one of the better ones there. I mean, Jackson um, Smith and Jigba are going to be healthy for Week One here too. So I think that's big. They got a good receiving core. Like they're good they're, offensive line, good receiving core. Charbonnet, Walker, their defense is like all right. They bring Bobby Wagner back yep. to help fix that run defense. So hate where I have them. Um, Probably having the playoffs. Rams, I, I think, are just a hot pile of garbage. Like, I think they kind of. Oh, I think they kind of want to transition out of this too. I think it was cousin Sal on the uh, on Simmons the other day was like, they have like probably this handshake thing going on with Stafford where it's like, hey kid, like, good good work for us, but like the you know this is kind of over. So I totally get that, but I do think that with his time and like hey, this isn't. I'm not married to this take. It's like I said, just going through it and seeing okay, they're playing this team and this quarterback and this coach. When it, it, it is, it, to your point, it is kind of a quarterback coach thing that you look at. Maybe there were just six situations where I was like, all right, they have the better quarterback, the better coach. Maybe they're at home. And then two other situations were like, all right, they pull off an upset here. So I had them at eight and nine. Very well, they could be worse than that. I kind of expect them to be. I would be shocked if Stafford makes it through the season and doesn't kind of just trifle off with an injury at some point. Yeah, just kind of shut it down and then retire. They have an unprecedented amount of rookies and like second and third year players. They have like, I think of their 53-man roster, it's like 35 plus rookie or second year players or something because they had no picks. I'm trying to remember who said, I think it might have been Field Yates on PMT said that like you can do the like, you can do what they do with the, the buying on the credit card type thing, but you just have to keep doing it otherwise you're in for a really tough rebuild and that's we're seeing that with them right now and then seeing that with tampa Bay. they have their first round pick next year yeah and it's gonna be the first time in a long time so they're, they they want to get back to where they were before all this uh fm picks kind of stuff and you know what? i'm not even criticizing it they want a super bowl tampa bay want a super bowl but this is kind of the when you finally McVay do in general confuses me because i feel like it's such a brutal spot to be in roster wise like they've got donald and you know cup who's banged up and a couple of things but it's like i i I was pretty shocked that he came back. So I'm just curious to see how long he lasts there. And like you said, it's going to have to be. Uh, I mean, Donald contemplated oh. retirement too. Like it's great. And right. then yeah, cups, you know, he's getting a little bit older and he, a couple injuries. He's not going to play in week one. They're contemplating IR for him for at least the first four weeks is how that would work. So yeah, it's going to be a rough start to them. I think. Why would they not? Why? I just, why? It just doesn't make sense. Why would McVeigh want to stay there? Clearly getting the offers to walk away for a couple of years, just like Gruden, just like where he came from, from Gruden. And then maybe go elsewhere. I mean, I, I feel like the only reason it makes sense is if he can kind of take a step back, not have that serious of a season, like focus on getting everything right there procedurally and whatever, and then go get a Caleb Williams or Drake May or something. That's the only way this makes sense to me. He's getting paid a lot of money too, so that also, but I feel like he can make money elsewhere. And so it could be, the they're so galaxy brain that they could be literally just tanking the season. And they're like, all right, we'll get Caleb Williams. And like, we're just going to start over and that's it. Like, And then go spend on the credit card again. Yeah, exactly. Like, they, And that would be, 
honestly pretty savvy and pretty shrewd, but you got to be able to pull it off. Like players and players and coaches do not tank. Like GMs Aaron Donald are. is on that team and came back. Yeah, like the the players on the field are, and especially the guys that have won a Super Bowl are not going to tank. But the as a general manager, you do that. Um, so yeah, going to be an interesting dynamic there in LA. Niners, big news there. Nick Bosa signs a unbelievably gigantic mega Ravens legend. Nick Bosa. He signed like he signed for more money than Daniel Jones did. Almost like I think I think it was five one seventy two. I don't think still the, the still not in Chris Jones. Still not in territory of what Chris Jones is asking for, which is pretty funny though. Oh, is that the case? Chris Jones wants more than uh, I, th- I think so. Yeah. Which, oh my god! I you know if I'm Kansas City, maybe I just you know bite the bullet. But <sighs> that's that's nuts. Um, Niners to me very odd. We'll see. Purdy's a frisky guy, kind of like a more creative Jimmy G. Feels like he can play a little more out of structure, a little more mobile. It just feels to me like they got a lot of guys that have a lot of wear and tear on their bodies. Um, they've, they're a really physical team always. I think that's kind of what's propelled them is that they are top-level violent over the last few years here. Um, so I just don't know if I trust Debo and Kittle, Trent Williams, all those guys to, to stay healthy, but I had them as the two seed. So There you go. So me with them as the one seed, you with them as the two seed, and that's is the NFC West, AFC West. How about you lead us off? I have the Chiefs winning the conference at 12-5, and five, which conference winner will definitely have a better record than that, just how it shook out. Had the Chargers 10-7, and seven, taking the seven seed. Had the Broncos at 9-8. and eight. The Broncos, I think, are really tough, um, but I then had the Raiders at 5-12. and 12. The Broncos are going to win seven games. Their defense is disgusting, probably is going to end up being the best defense in the NFL, I feel like. Um easily up there. I just don't know if they win like seven or like 11 games or 10 games or something. I don't know. I, I trust Sean Payton. Um, the comments about Russell Wilson, there hilarious. Like, what are you kissing babies for? Like cut this shit out, please. For the love of God. Um, so really weird. I have a lot of faith in the chargers this year, which might be stupid. I felt stupid at times doing that. Um, not talked about enough how bad that playoff game was. Yeah. Truly, Awful. horribly, disgustingly, one of the most gross losses I've ever watched. And then the Chiefs, man, I'm just I'm just fine to pick Mahomes and Reed and whatever, and we'll see. And they've got their issues with Chris Jones and Kelsey's banged up at the moment, but you know, I, I would imagine I, I don't see them going ten and seven. I, I would think eleven wins is the minimum that they come out with this year. Yeah, I got them at thirteen and four. They go six and zero oh in the AFC West, which I was kind of surprised by, but I don't know. I just I feel like they could they could win ten games in their sleep. To your point, and then thirteen, it's not out of the realm of possibility. So one seed for them. Uh, this conference, the AFC in general, is fucking loaded this year. Like it's hard. So I have the Chargers at nine and eight. They were the nine seed. They missed out by more than one spot. Uh, they go two and four in the division Broncos six and 11. I kind of didn't love that looking back on it, but week over week, like it was one of those things where it's just like, all right, bad matchup here, bad matchup there. Schedules really matter in this, I think. And like, that's something that people don't consider as much when you just look at a team and say, all right, 10 and seven. Well, you got to consider the nuances of their schedule a little bit. And when you're away, when you're across the country and being a West coast mountain time team, that can affect cool you. About doing it this too, is you can see the rest, you yep. can see who has the rest advantage, all that stuff. Yeah, exactly. And so that's probably just how it shook out a little bit for me. I probably would expect them to be a little bit better, but just that's how the math shook out. So six and 11 for the Broncos also two and four in the division, as well as the Raiders who were two and four in the division. I had it five and 12. That is a weird situation there right now. Yeah. We had those divisions playing out pretty similarly. I agree that the Raiders are super peculiar. Chandler Jones flipping out right now over some 
situations with McDaniels and Ziegler and whatever the hell is going on. Jimmy G, like, I, I honestly like Jimmy G more than most people. I feel like in San Francisco, but I just don't think there's the level of uh, functionality or normality that's going on there. The ownership contributes to that to a degree. They do have star power. Um, Josh Jacobs comes back, which is all good and dandy, but there's the classic, like, what do running backs do after they have 400 touches in a season? If if, you, if your name's not Derrick Henry, not a whole lot, typically. Um, Adrian Peterson. So I think that's going to be tough. Devonta Adams, obviously, there. They've got some pieces. It's just I don't feel that they're a competitively serious team, especially in that division. So 5-12, and 12, we both had them at. We have only seen Josh McDaniels be a bad NFL head coach. Like it's, they made the playoffs with Tebow and whatever, and then that was you know fun and cool and whatnot. But that was a long time ago. We've only seen dysfunction. Yeah, and it's like he his first move when he got there was telling Jay Cutler like your fucking like your reign of whatever is over. And like you know Jay Cutler is certainly not the like most easy guy to work with either. But he immediately went to his agent. He's like, I cannot fucking work with this guy. You're getting me out of Denver right now. So that's how you get to Tebow in the first place. Cutler very well could have been like a Flacco. Yeah, he should have been. In fact, he probably was at certain points, but he was just not surrounded by as good of a team or as good of coaching. And I mean, Josh McDaniels, I just I, I just can't buy him as a head coach. There's just something really like, there's always a sense of like cantankerousness surrounding these Josh McDaniels teams. Like, why does it have to be all this drama? Like, and I, I don't know. I like, I thought when he took this job and some of the, his comments and stuff, I was like, okay, maybe he's moved on from this trying to be the next Belichick thing, which is a, a big mistake a lot of these Belichick disciples make. And it just, I don't know, it just, it's never seems like it's there. And I'm not sure Jimmy G or Tom Brady coming out of retirement is going to be the thing that's going to take this team over the top. And I like Jimmy G as a operator within a Kyle Shanahan system, but I don't know as much about him with uh, Josh here. Yeah. And even just on paper, looking around their depth chart, I mean, you've got a couple stars, you've got your Max Crosby's, you've got your, your Devonte Adams, your Josh Jacobs. Uh, their offensive line was like surprisingly good last year from what I recall. Illuminor at right tackle, Greg Van Roten, Andre James, Dylan Parham, Colton Miller. Like, sure, that could be an okay group. Defensively, you just look around and it's like, <sighs> nothing really pops to you. Um, Patrick Graham, you know, a nice coordinator, but in that division with the dysfunctional presence that they bring, just poopy. Yeah, it's tough. Probably, I will say, I actually think, I didn't realize, I have them as tied for the worst team in the AFC, actually. I do as well. So, Raiders, I'm sorry. In the words of Kenny Powers, you're effing out. I had them solo worst team in the AFC. This is this is pretty stacked conference. Pretty stacked conference. Uh, it is. Yeah. Okay, moving back to the NFC, we can go to the NFC Beast, uh, otherwise known as the NFC East, where I had the Dallas Cowboys as your two seed at 12-5, and 4-2. and two. Uh, I just think that defense is, I mean, Micah Parsons ready to freaking explode here. I think that defense is going to still be really good. Uh, and then the offense... You know, Mike McCarthy calling plays is a little weird to me. We'll see how all that works out. But I do feel like, you know, at least he's going to own it. And Dak is fine. Dak can get you to double-digit wins. And then, you know, a couple things break your way. You can get to 12-5. and five. I mean, Dak's won 13 games before. He did it as a rookie. So he got that. Uh, they were the two seed in the conference for me behind the Niners. The Philadelphia Eagles had as a wild card. Five seed, 11-6. and six, Three and three within the division. New York Giants also as a wild card. I had them 10 and 7, 3 and 3. I think people are a lot of people are expecting a Giants regression. I think just because they saw it as kind of a you know, Cinderella story, Brian Dable getting the most out of Daniel Jones. Uh, but I don't know. I expect a little bit more consistency. I think people probably expected that with Josh Allen and Sean McDermott back when he started to uh, get the most out of Josh Allen, but it just kind of continued rolling. So maybe this Sean McDermott disciple can uh, keep it rolling here. 
And then coming up the rear, uh, 7 and 10, Washington Commanders, 2 and 4 in the division. I like what I've seen out of Sam Howell. I'm sure there'll be some progress there. Offense is going to be good. Defense has some pieces. But uh, I I don't know if this is the year they quite fully take the leap to playoff team quite yet. I love those takes um, very much. I have Eagles, 12 and 5, number one seed in the NFC. I have the Giants as a wild card, 6 seed, 10 and 7, which I wanted to be a lot higher than 10 and 7. The Cowboys I had at 9 and 8. Uh, missing the playoffs, the eight seed could go in any direction there from eight and nine in my mind up through like you had them at, I believe, 12 and five. Mm-hmm. Then I had the commanders similarly at seven and 10. So we both had the Giants and the commanders with the same record there. I'm just not sold on Ron Rivera. Ron Rivera was brought into weather a shitstorm by Dan Snyder. And I think the commanders are the type of team coaching wise, be enemy in a good spot to really have them explode, I think could bring some great things out of a guy like Antonio Gibson, a guy like Jahan Dotson, a guy like Terry McLaurin. Um, I just feel like they, they're going to be really good in like two years. They have a lot of talent. They can beat good teams. They could absolutely make the playoffs. Cowboys, Mike McCarthy, I don't like calling plays. I think that's what went wrong in Green Bay. I think that's why I kind of took them in, uh, to lose some tough games and a tough schedule and a tough division. They have a tough schedule this year. Yeah. Um, I don't know that they have enough breadth offensively in terms of depth on their playmakers. Tony Pollard coming off of a, a, what is it, a rope, tightrope surgery to fix his broken leg. Love Tony Pollard, but I would definitely bet money on him to miss time this year. Um, We'll see. Nine and eight feels comfy for me. Giants, I'm all in. I think it's the exact opposite. I think that it's, I think it's, Great head coach, great play caller, quarterback that can get it done, weapons, hungry defense. We know what Wink Martindale does. He can – it's the same shit that the Ravens still kind of do. They make tough games. They might get you know rocked defensively once or twice, but a lot of times they're going to force turnovers, get sacks, make quarterbacks uncomfortable. I love their team. I love their coaching staff. I love their playmakers. I love the additions they've made this offseason. Some football teams are teams. The Giants are a football program right now. Like they got a program over there. They got a great head yeah. coach, great, great coaching staff all the way down. They're just there. They're, they're Cheap really set quarterback up. that like shuts the hell up and will run. And yeah, he, he puts to- his body on the line. Like he fucking, he's a, he's a warrior, man. So yeah, I got a lot of respect for what they're doing over there. Definitely. Eagles, Eagles to me, just pass rough, like the back end for them. Shaky. I read, I think Ben Solak's article, one X factor for every team. He said N'Kobe Dean. If N'Kobe Dean has a great year over the middle of the field, that front seven, the front seven is just so fucking good. Like they, they it's gonna. It, and Howie will make another move. Like if they oh, don't yeah. have corners, all of a sudden, boom, they'll have one. Yeah, Jair Alexander. Yeah, he'll called. figure he'll figure out what it, whatever he has to do. He'll figure it out, and he'll he'll fleece whoever it is, and they'll just they'll, they'll win nine games with a, a bird box blindfold on. And I, I got them winning eleven, and yeah, number two seed or uh, well, no, actually, I had them the number five seed, but they very easily could swap games with the Cowboys there and then be right in that number two seed slot. So definitely I would be shocked if they miss playoffs offensive lines intact. I think Devonte Smith has a monster year getting ready to get paid. AJ Brown worries me a little health wise. think him and Debo are in that category of like way too physical for way too long and they've already gotten paid. So, you know, they might sit out a little or not feel urgent and want to be more fresh for the playoffs, things like that. Uh, similarly to the chiefs, I feel the Eagles can, somewhat sleepwalk into you know 10 wins easily Vibe, vibes are going to be good there with Jalen's contract and everything it's similar to the Ravens I think uh, that some comparisons have been made there I think by Jocena Anderson and you know people 
so yeah, I, I like that a lot. We know uh, how I feel about Howie, Eric DaCosta, very good friends. Howie's once betrayed his good friend Eric DaCosta, but similar to that, those that's are how, both that's how you view it. I, I love what you said about the Giants about the program, spot on. And I think the Ravens program and the Eagles program are pretty similar right now. Yeah, exactly. It's it's full buy-in from uh, from tip to top to uh, to the bottom. Uh, AFC East. This was an interesting one for me. This is going to be. I had, I had the Jets winning the division, and they're the number two. So did seed. I. Yeah, eleven and six, five and one in the division. Bills also eleven and six, but they go four and two in the division, so they are the five seed. Pats miss out at seven and ten, two and four in the division. I, that's just a lifeless, faceless program to me right now. They are not a program; they are a program. Uh, and then Dolphins six and eleven, one and five, which I thought was kind of weird, but I do think that's another like function of schedule thing. And Tua, like some of the stuff with the judo rolling, and like some of the it just the health is weird to me. And like you gotta, you're gonna have to probably win games with other other quarterbacks at certain points. They got a ton of talent. I. I respect the shit out of Mike McDaniel and what they've built roster wise, but it, it feels a little in, you know, incoherent to me, not super cohesive. So six and 11 for the dolphins missing out surprisingly to some. I really want them in there badly. They go get Mike white, who I think is probably a functional backup and, and would run that McDaniel Shanahan system decently in the event too. It does go down. I, I want them in the playoffs badly. I went jets 11 and six. I had to like, put some L's on the Jets. I had to be like, mm, they're not going to go 15-2. and two. Maybe they do. Pass rush, off the charts, talent on the back end. They've got a captain there in C.J. Mosley we're all familiar with defensively. Offensive line, you know, if Makai Becton is a stud, finally, yep. and is like healthy and feels good, and they've got him on the right side, they've got a solid offensive line otherwise, uh, you know, the the – talents there at receiver Rogers obviously is going to do everything he possibly can to have a renaissance there. So 11 and six for them, the bills. I hate being 10 and seven. I had the dolphins 10 and seven as well. Missing the playoffs, the bills making the wild card at 10 and seven. I had the Patriots at six and 11. Um, likewise, it is well, again, well said program, not a program, but I just struggle to think that the bills are going to lose seven games. I think Josh Allen's too good. Yeah. I think that, they are a solid squad, have the buy-in, they're hungry. Things haven't been exactly, you know, what you'd like to see there in Buffalo, some weird rumblings. But seven wins, or excuse me, seven losses feels terrible for them. So I don't like that part about how this turned out. I don't like the Dolphins missing the playoffs. I think the most underrated move maybe any team made this year was Vic Fangio becoming their defensive coordinator. Obviously, Jalen Ramsey's out a bit, but they bring the madness. They bring the noise. I think that they have a stout run defense. I think they've got some pass rushers cooking. Xavier Howard is still there while he's not, you know, that top shelf corner that he maybe was for a little or Jalen Ramsey. Um, you know, I, I see the Dolphins always being a tough out. I think if Tyreek Hill stays healthy and you get 12 to 15 games out of Tua, they're probably going to run a bunch of points up with Mike McDaniel and they've got Fangio's defense to go take the life out of you in the fourth quarter. I think they can beat anybody. I just don't know health-wise and some of their weaknesses, it feels like maybe not a world beater, but could very easily be in the playoffs. So really tough division to pick. And like as you're doing this activity, picking the season, it's hard on the Jets. It was hard for me not to it was hard for me to not pick the Jets to do as well as I subconsciously kind of put them at. Hard for me to make the Bills lose seven games. Hard for me to have the Dolphins miss the playoffs. And it is hard. It, the the easiest of these evils is is the Patriots coming in last in that division. But you know that doesn't make you feel good when you look at your rankings and you're like the Patriots are going to go six and eleven. Eh, probably not. 
Yeah, no, it, it, and that's the weirdness, uh, again, of like the scheduling and going through it week by week, but that's just how you look at it sometimes. Like you get a road stand and it's like, oh, well, you know, that's, that's a tough stretch for them. Maybe they lose two in a row and then, yeah, it's just kind of the way that it breaks. And like I said, I mean, I had the Bills and the Jets as the same exact record at 11 and six there. So I think that division beats itself up a little bit. Uh, tough schedule. And yeah, the, the Bills, I mean, there has been some weirdness and things going on with them, not just like this year, but the last couple of years with Diggs and some of that drama and all that. And I don't know, I'm sure they're, they're mostly over it. And Josh Allen is very much one of the guys and a guy you can rally around, I think. Uh, so they'll, they'll keep it together, I think. Um, but yeah, I had them 11 and six, like I said, and uh, they were the five seed. So first, uh, first one outside looking in there. Uh, NFC South. NFC South, I, I'm super bullish on the Falcons. Probably my biggest Achilles heel betting-wise and on some props and some other things. I was, too, the first time I really like sat down and looked at this. I had them, all, spoiler alert, I have them outside looking in, but I really, like when I was looking at them, I was like, man, like this, they got an easy schedule. And like if Ritter puts it yes. together, like. They don't have a quarterback in their division. It feels like they're the most complete team. Desmond Ritter, obviously a huge question mark. I'll just rattle them off. Nine and eight for the Falcons. They're the four seed. Nine and eight for the Saints, which I don't like. I think they missed the playoffs, but like you said, Panthers and Bucks not posing a huge threat there. Panthers, six and 11. I had the Panthers somehow going four and two in the division. I don't love that. That won't happen. Uh, Bucks, four and 13, bringing up the rear and are the 15th seed in the NFC. So very similar to me. Uh, I had the Saints at ten and seven, five and one within in the division. Uh, Falcons nine and eight, so they just miss out there. They're the eighth seed, four and two. I'm sure if they get one win on the Saints uh, or one more win on the Saints, uh, they're probably taking that spot at ten and seven. So I did really like the Falcons. So, I mean, when you looked when I first, like I said, started doing this, I had them at way more wins, and then I kind of really started to go through it with a fine tooth comb, and I was like, okay, maybe not quite that, but I think they they're building something there for sure. Uh, so yep. Nine and eight for the Falcons. They miss out four and 13 for the Panthers, two and four in the division. Bryce young, probably enough magic to get you a couple wins, but not a whole lot going on with that roster. Brian Burns, I would probably, if I were them prioritize getting him as happy as uh, they can get him, uh, pause. Uh, and then, yeah, just, um, not, not a whole lot going on with that roster. Like I said, I mean, some wide receiver stuff, Thielen's already hurt <laughs> who could have ever seen that coming. Uh, and then, yeah, Bucks two and 15, 15 seed in the uh, conference as well. You look at, like I said, you look at quarterbacks and coaches, maybe I'm a little too bullish. My, my major issue with the Falcons is if Arthur Smith, I, I think the world of Arthur Smith, I don't know what it is. He's I can't a good looking guy. It. He's, he's uh, what, the UPS man's son? FedEx. <laughs> FedEx man's son. There yeah. we go. Um, he's he's uh, Tom Hanks in uh in in transit getting lost screaming for wilson but the falcons it's like if arthur smith is just a good coordinator and not a good head coach then i fall on my ass they're seven and ten they were so close last year to being functional mariota and you see it in that quarterbacks documentary was such a baby and they kind of even downplayed how big of a baby he was like they could have pushed for the playoffs they decided it was better if they didn't which was probably a smart choice i just think they can stop the run they can rush the passer they're gonna beat the shit out of teams on the ground on offense Drake London, I love. Kyle Pitts, I've talked about. Very weird player at this point, but we'll see. Um, they still have Algier there. Like They're going to run the ball in teams. I think Ritter's okay. We saw Ritter come into Baltimore. A tough defense to dissect as a rookie and, and look solid he didn't and play like, he played with no fear in that game he was hawking it up to london and like he was you know hanging in there on third and longs like he, he didn't impre- look like a neophyte yeah he impressed me 
Definitely. So like them a lot. I can see them winning 10, 11 games. I have them at nine and eight. The Saints, I think, get this residual hangover from Sean Payton being there where it's like we think of the Saints as a program. It's helmets, but they're not anymore. They're okay. They're fine. They're middling. They're a middling NFL franchise right now. Derek Carr, I probably like more than most as well. I love Chris Olave. Michael Thomas, we'll see what we get. They have a great offensive line. You know, Dennis Allen is a good defensive coach. The way I just spoke about what I'm worried about Arthur Smith might not be is how I kind of know Dennis Allen. Great coordinator, not the guy to take you to 12 wins or anything like that. I think he's just a much better coordinator, and that's not a bad thing. It's a very different job once you're the the head head football coach in charge there. So had them making the playoffs anyway. Bryce Young, you're right. The Panthers' offensive line looked like shit in the preseason, which worries you. On top of not, you know, DJ Shark is already hurt. Adam Thielen's already hurt. Miles Sanders is banged up. Um, Bryce Young is a rookie. I think Frank Reich, he's a nice guy. I After watching what went down in, you know, Indy with a little bit of a dysfunctional owner, I feel like Tepper is like the inverse dysfunctional of Irsay. Equally as dysfunctional, it appears to me, but... He's, he's worse than Irsay because he actually thinks he's like a smart dude. Yeah, yeah. He, do, he doesn't have the self-deprecation, and he's like a self-made man by marrying a Walton or whatever. Um, all of those things. So I, I don't know. I had him at six wins. Maybe that's too much. The Bucks are the one where I'm like, I, again, feel like Todd Bowles is a great defensive coordinator. Probably, you know, became a better head coach. Baker, I, all of these quarterbacks, I feel like I'm like, yeah, you know, I, Baker could have a fine year in a low-pressure environment. And that could be, you know, maybe seven wins. Maybe he keeps them frisky. They do have some talent still on the offensive side of the ball, but I just don't, don't think the offensive line's there. I don't think they have enough of a run game to support Baker. Um, four and 13. Second, they're the like, the Cardinals aren't even a real team to me. So the Bucs are the worst team in, yeah. the, in the NFC. Yeah, because they are kind of trying here. I mean, bringing in Mayfield, like you, you, dev- you hypothetically want to win some games doing that. I mean, we'll see what happens with Mike Evans. Like, there's some sort of like contract deadline. I have no idea what it's like to deal with that. Uh, so we'll, we'll see what happens there. Uh, but yeah, just it's another one where it's just kind of kind of a faceless organization right now. Nothing going on on that coaching staff really excites me. Nothing really going on with these players excites me. I love some of their pieces, like Evans, like I said. But it just kind of feels like they're at the end of a end of a long road that was very successful for them and winning a Super Bowl, but they're kind of, they're paying the piper now and that's okay. Sometimes you just got to take a year like that. Definitely. Well said. AFC South. I had the four seed as the Jacksonville Jaguars five and one within their division. This might surprise some. I had the Indianapolis Colts and Anthony Richardson as the seven seed at 10 and seven. I just think that I don't know if he's going to have an Andrew Luck type year, but maybe a rookie Cam Newton type year. I think Cam won like maybe somewhere between six and eight games as a rookie. And I think this is a pretty, pretty talented roster overall. And it's not the, it's not going to be the hardest division in the world, but kind of to that point, like I had these other teams, like the Texans, I don't know how this happened. This is another one of those, just picking the week by week thing, but I had the Texans at seven and 10, uh, one and five within the division, which is funny. They really aren't beating up on their division at all. So I'm guessing the schedule just kind of played out a little bit easily. But CJ Stroud, I feel like he can, you know, do some stuff as a rookie. D'Amico Ryans, uh, and our, our our guy Slowick too. He brought over uh, to you know manage that offense. I think it's a really intriguing coaching staff, and I think they're going to prop them up. Maybe not all the way to seven wins, but I think they're going to be a solid squad this year. And then Titans at six and eleven. I probably should be higher on them than I am on the Texans with the Ray Bull effect and everything that's going on uh, still there. Um, 
yeah, I have a lot of respect for that program. I think they are a program very much. Um, but yeah, just for whatever reason, it didn't shake out. I had them at six and 11. I might swap them in the Texans and maybe even pick the Titans to pick win more because that's just what those fuckers do. They're like cockroaches. You know, you can't kill them. They're like Rasputin. Uh, but yeah, that's how I had it uh, shaken out. Love it. A lot of great points there. I feel very strongly in the same direction. You are going to beat me in predictions of this division. I feel like you're spot on with what those records end up being. Jaguars, I have 11 and 6 as the four seed as well. Titans, I have at 8 and 9 for that exact same reason. Vrabel will beat the shit out of teams like the 49ers do. They will violent you off the field. If you are not ready, they will punch you in the face. Derrick Henry is there. Tannehill is forgotten, I feel like. Tannehill is a fine quarterback. I legitimately did. Win. There were times this offseason I did forget that he was there. I thought he got traded to the, traded to the Falcons. It was like your uh, your thing with, uh, who was it? Was it Derrick Derek Henry? Derek Henry? Derek. Yeah, I <laughs> I had moments like that, which was, uh, it, it's I, and I, I would look at the roster and be like, oh yeah, Tannehill is still there. I thought they just moved on to Levis, but I guess not. So And they, I mean, they could very easily win a game against the Jaguars. They're a divisional opponent. And then they have two, Vrabel has two rookies in the division to prey on. And, you know, maybe one of those rookies wins one of those games, but I would bet I had the Titans going four and two in the division. Uh, then I have the Texans at six and 11. You nailed it. One of the Texans and Colts are going to be good. Like yeah. going to make the playoffs, going to at least be 500 or better. I guess you can't be 500 anymore, but eight, and nine counts as 500. <laughs> Which to is me. a disgrace. I, Let's clean it up. NFL. What the fuck are we doing? Thank you. Texans six and 11 Colts five and 12. Didn't like it, but it was just like rookie, rookie head coach. One of them will probably do good, and I'll be stupid there, but I at least know that it's happening. Um, the Texans, I'm more comfortable with because I feel like they have more talent on their roster to work with, and I feel like D'Amico Ryans is in such a full autonomous state that he can really not have outside impact that is harming him and his ability to create a program. Whereas Ursay and the Jonathan Taylor situation and the Colts, I love Anthony Richardson, was super high on him very early and love all that. They just don't have the depth to me at all to support a rookie. Um, Steichen is probably going to have a nice little offense cooking that can run the ball and score a little bit of points. And I think that's how I had it playing out. I think I had them get off to a tough start and then like a 2018 Ravens situation, like they just run into a lot of easy teams and then it's like, oh, Steichen's going to have Richardson on the move. He's going to like get, you know, some of these young playmakers involved and they'll just run into 10 wins. Definitely. And they have a good pass rush is the other kind of saving grace there. They have Quiddy Pay, They have DeForest Buckner. They've got some big dogs up front. Shaq Leonard, you know. Yes, exactly. They, they can rumble a little bit, uh, but it's just like... Looking at their current situation at the skill positions, their offensive line was incredibly bad last year for relative to expectation. Raymond comes in at left tackle. Quentin Nelson has been a shell of his former self. Ryan Kelly's still good. And they have Will Freeze and Braden Smith. Um, you know, could be fine. But then it's like you have Alec Pierce, who's been hurt a little bit, Michael Pittman and Isaiah McKenzie. Josh Downs is there. I wasn't super high on him. Pretty redundant group in terms of skill sets. I mean, Pitt, I think the world of Pittman, Pierce can make some plays. It's just like, where? There's just not a lot of diversity there. Their know? tight ends are Kyler Granson and Mo Alley-Cox. Like, I feel like if they had a Dallas Goddard there or like a, even like an Austin Hooper maybe, like someone around that level, maybe a little better, they could probably feel a little more secure in how they uplift a rookie quarterback. Uh, but I do think Richardson has a nice year. I might have him as rookie of the year. But... 
Weird division, like you said it perfectly. The Titans are a cockroach. They're going to punch you in the fa- face. They will fight for a playoff spot. Rabel's too good of a coach. Tannehill is fine. They could very well like sneak in. If they could stay healthy and like the Browns don't and the Steelers don't and the Dolphins don't, then the Titans may very well end up in the playoffs, in my opinion. Yep. NFC North, what do you have? NFC North, I had the Lions at 10-7. and seven. The Vikings at 10 and 7. I had the Bears at 8 and 9 and the Packers at 8 and 9. And oh boy, do I not feel good about that. <laughs> yeah, that's it's interesting. Uh I had kind of this is so weird looking at this. I had, so I had the Vikings. I like the Vikings this year. I'm I'm just a big Kevin O'Connell guy. They might be weirdly coming to the end of the road with Kirk there, but I just like him in that offense. The kid from USC, uh, Addison, I think is going to be, he's going to fit in there nicely and Kirk is going to like him. Uh, probably another function of schedule thing though. They go four and two in their division. 12 and five, like I said, and the three seed in the NFC. I had the Packers missing out at nine and eight. So they were the nine seed. Bears at eight and nine, Lions at eight and nine. I feel like I just got this division beating each other up a little bit. Uh, and I think the quality of all of them is maybe even a little bit higher than uh, their records, Vikings notwithstanding. Uh, I think they might be a little bit worse than that. But I don't know. I just think this is going to be a, a slugfest of a division and a couple teams figuring things out. I mean, what are we going to see out of Jordan Love? I think it'll be better than. Maybe we were expecting a couple years ago when he got that spot start against the Chiefs and looked awful, uh, but I'm not fully sold on him as a franchise quarterback yet, so we'll we'll see what happens there, especially with some of the inexperience of the weapons still. I know Christian Watson looked good at times last year. Dobbs is kind of a question mark to me, so we'll see what happens with that. Bears have a really solid roster, I think, in a lot of ways. I like what Poles has done there. Uh, Justin Fields, can he play the guitar? I guess we'll find out. So like I said, 8-9 and nine there. Then Lions, 8-9 and nine as well, but a couple things could break pretty easily and they could be a, a fringe playoff team there at 10 wins like you have them definitely and i had the lions winning the division the vikings tying and being the five seed so lions of the three seed there the lions offensive coordinator is so good their offensive line so good they have two really good running backs they have a monra st brown i just don't feel super comfortable with the rest of their receivers but i kind of trust Obviously, Jamison Williams will come back eventually. Maybe it was a good thing, him getting another six weeks off. He has a hammy, I think, and had the ACL and all that. But um, defensively, I'm a little worried there. Uh, They do have an interesting front, and their secondary doesn't really have names on it. Um, Terrible run defense last year should be a little better. I I don't want them to be 10-7. and Last year, they were the – I think they have, like, the the hangover darling thing where it's like, oh, they almost made it, and oh – uh, but I had him winning the division ultimately. Bears, like, I just, I don't know. I, Eberflus is, I don't know enough about Eberflus to be like, I, I want them to be a 10, 11 win team. Like in my mind, that's what I thought was going to happen when I go into it. Obviously, I'm as high on Justin Fields as anyone in the world. I've talked about that ad nauseum. DJ Moore there, offensive line should be a little bit better. They've got some weird running backs that are okay. Um, defensively, I think they're making hay and, and I trust Eberflus' system. They go get linebackers that they like which are really important in Everflus' system. I just don't know what they're made of necessarily. So they're in that same boat as like the Titans and a couple other teams where I have them around eight and nine. Um, should be good. Packers, I honestly thought I would, like I thought the Bears and the Packers would be like, oh, that's my sneaky playoff team. Yeah. And then it just didn't work out for either of them. I like Jordan Love. I like Christian Watson, who is banged up. I like the backs. I like the line. They still have Joe Barry as a defensive coordinator. And that was really the red flag to me was that when Jordan Love gets a nut cut in time, he's going to have to put up a lot of points without a lot of veteran receivers around him. 
I think that gets tough later in the year. I could see the Packers starting pretty hot and falling off. So I think this division, I think, like you said, I, I think that Kirk Cousins is like ascending right now. I think he played really well last year and is doing well. And the playoff game was super disappointing and he keeps doing that. And that's like the story of his career. Kind of like, a t- it's kind of like Tony Romo reminds me of Romo. It's like prolific passer, fun, fun, zany guy in a different way. Yeah. It just isn't translating into him elevating to like an MVP or whatever. Um, I like them a lot. They probably win the division. I was surprised that they didn't end up winning it, but we'll see. Weird, weird division. Yeah, gotta gotta sustain drives and you know not overwork the shit out of Justin Jefferson, which I think will Addison will help with that and everything. I think Addison has a monster year. Yeah, Hawkinson and Addison I think have really big years. Yeah, they got Hawkinson all signed up. So yeah, they, Justin Jefferson gets double teamed on thirty percent of his routes. Yeah, they, which they is number one in the NFL by like five percent. Yeah, these longer seasons and the more playoff teams, like you just you got to keep that guy fresh for the playoffs because it's it's possible he was gassed for that game uh, against the Giants, who were just ready to just combine harvester over them. Uh, okay. AFC North. I have surprise, surprise the Baltimore Ravens winning the division at 11 and six, three and three Bengals at 10 and seven. So Ravens were the three seed. I had Bengals as the six seed at 10 and seven, also three and three in the division Steelers nine and eight as the eight seed three and three in the division Browns seven and 10, three and three in the division. I think this division beats each other up. I think these are all very talented rosters. I think to varying degrees, each of these quarterbacks has potential to be franchise type quarterbacks, some of which uh, are the best in the league already, two of them anyway. Uh, And it just came down to, and maybe I was being a little bit of a homer with the Ravens, but I had them getting off to a two and three start. Like I I was going through it and it's like, man, this could be a rough, rough, sledding here in the beginning of the season maybe especially just thinking about like marlon humphrey yeah. and the edges and a couple things yeah tough schedule i mean like i said these teams are going to beat each other up they're seeing um the Bengals and the browns within the first month going to be tough games i think one is i think they're both away uh so that's going to be tough and yeah like i said i had them at two and three they, they do that then they go to the steelers and i had that as their third loss so they start two and three but the schedule kind of softens out uh, in the middle and I've, I've got them beating up on teams like that uh, and like I said, it, it came down to a one game difference there, 11 and six for Baltimore, 10 and seven for Cincy. Uh, and so, yeah, I have them in the playoffs, but, uh, the, the Ravens continue the uh, trend of nobody winning the AFC North three years in a row. Pretty similar for me. I had the Ravens at 12 and five, also three and three in the division. I had the Bengals at 11 and six Ravens get the two seed. The Bengals get the five seed Are the Bengals going two and four in the division. I think they're the hunted right now in the division more than like the Ravens were a couple years ago. We saw the rest of the AFC North adjust to them. Burrow with the calf, like even It'll be interesting fine, to see. He says he's fine, but like it, this stuff can linger. Like it, it definitely does. I, I think it's hard to feel like he's feeling great and like super mobile and he'll like tough through it. And, and he's a gamer and all that, but tough Steelers. I had a 10 and seven missing as the nine seed um, them and the dolphins both missing at 10 and seven Browns. I had at nine and eight. I just don't know what the hell to do with the Browns. They, the dysfunction and all of that makes me have them finish a little worse. I, if Deshaun Watson doesn't play well, it's one of the weirdest situations in the history of the NFL, in my opinion, especially in our lifetime. Uh, their offensive line's fine. They've got Nick Chubb, receivers are okay. You know, Joku is a very capable tight end. Zadarius Smith will probably give them 11, 12 games of absolute heat across from Miles Garrett, the best pass rusher they've had. Um, probably better than Olivier Vernon in his first year. Their secondary can do some things. Um, I just, I don't know, man. It's just Watson is the biggest question mark in this division to me, I think. 
and they could win the division. Yeah. They could not have a winning record. Yeah. Um, Steelers, the Steelers are really buzzing and they're everybody's, everybody's like underdog. I think good morning football was like all, all like seven people that they asked all had the Steelers in the wild card. And it was funny that like none of the, everyone had them in the playoffs, but no one had them winning the division. It's like some group think thing going on. I, I kind of subscribe to it. Their offensive line is a weird unit to me. Could be, could be better than it has been. They just moved uh, two guys from it. Didn't they? That's that yeah, kind of weirded me yeah. out. Like, they did. And one of them had started a good bit, but wasn't supposed to. And they've like Isaac Samalu. I thought Kevin Dotson was their best offensive lineman, um, especially two years ago. But I don't know. Then defensively, hey, they should they should be pretty great defensively. It should be a ferocious pass rush. Um, you know, insane pass rush, really. They brought in Pat Pete, hopefully quells their corner issues. Minka played like one of the best players in football last year. So I don't know. It's just going to come down to can they beat good teams, I think. And I had them beat a couple, but not a ton. Uh, had them with the best record in the division, though. I think they're going to be a tough out for for this division. And and the Bengals, I mean, Bengals, is just uh, they're just going to keep rolling. I think Burrow's just that guy. Um, if he gets hurt, then they're screwed. And if not, then they'll keep on, keep on making do. Orlando Brown and Jonah Williams as bookends now. Williams probably a little better on the right side. Orlando Brown, I think, is severely like overhated on and We've talked about him enough on this on this podcast and I guess our previous podcast, I should say. But um, defense should be good. They should yeah. have a really nice unit and have a nice pass rush. I think their corners are in great shape. They do lose Jesse Bates, uh, but they drafted Dax Hill. And I think they have Jordan Battle back there and then some other dudes. Their linebackers are fun and, and pretty uh, even keel. Logan Wilson, Jermaine Pratt, and Akeem davis Gaither. those guys usually are putting them in a decent spot. So 11-6 and six could definitely win the division and kind of a toss-up, but and I guess that that brings us to the Ravens. Yeah, yeah. So Bengals, I'm sure, and a lot of optimism with a Burrow contract potentially being finalized before uh, kickoff on Sunday. That would be, I think, that would be really good for them and their vibes. Because as I've alluded to, we know what can happen when that uh, doesn't take place before Week One of the season. So something to monitor there. But yeah, Ravens, like I said, 11 and six in the three seed. Uh, and then yeah, that's that's all of our uh, our teams right there. So do you want to move into playoffs now? We can uh, list off uh, each team, and then we can get to the wild card round. Yeah, let's uh, let's let's name it off what we had, and then we'll go through there, and then we'll go back and, and just talk about the Ravens a little bit. Yep. So I had Chiefs as the one seed, thirteen and four. Like I said, Jets as the two, eleven and six. Ravens as the three, eleven and six. Jaguars as the four, ten and seven. Uh, and then Bills as the five, eleven and six. Bengals as the six, ten and seven. And then Colts as the seven at ten and seven. I had the Chiefs getting a first round bye, Ravens as the two seed, Jets as the three seed, Jags as the four seed, Chargers as the five, Bills as the six, Bengals as the seven. I think I messed that up. Bengals is the five, Chargers is the seven, Bills is the six. That's what we had. Okay. NFC, I had San Francisco as the one at 13 and four, Dallas as the two at 12 and five. Minnesota as the three at 12 and five and then Saints rounding out the pack at 10 and seven with the four and then Eagles 11 and six were the five seed Giants 10 and seven were the six seed and then seven seed was Seattle at 10 and seven as well. Eagles the one seed 49ers the two seed Lions the three seed Falcons as the final division winner and I had the Vikings the Giants and the Saints to round it out in the NFC. So for me, I've got a playoff picture with Kansas City and the Jets above the Ravens. And it's interesting. I mean, like the Ravens roster 
is in a weird spot right now, but I feel like, and it's kind of what I, what I alluded to with their record starting out at two and three, I think they're going to get better over the course of the year. They're going to start out without Tyus Bowser and Marlon Humphrey. They're going to be relying on some young guys and some key positions and some positions that are already kind of weak. And I think that is going to lead to a uncharacteristically difficult start for John Harbaugh, but they already kind of do this where they get better in the middle of the season. And they've had, they've had their late season collapses for sure. But like, it's something where they, they just tend to get stronger as the weather gets colder and as things kind of tend to wear down a little bit. So I'm expecting that again. And uh, like I said, it's definitely a toss up with the Bengals, but I think they get one over on them. Uh, They, they kind of maybe get some revenge there and uh, it's an easy, it's just straight up. It's just an easier schedule for them than it is for Cincinnati to close the year out. So I don't know. I think uh, like I said, I think some of these guys are going to come on strong down the course of the year, and then you're going to get healthy at cornerback or healthier with Marlon Humphrey and healthier at outside linebacker with Tyus Bowser coming back, and I think that's a big deal. And uh, this offense, maybe it has a hiccup out of the gate, but I expect them to be gelling by that point, and things are going to be rolling. And, uh, yeah, 11-6. and six. Agreed on many fronts. Luckily, they play those two rookie quarterbacks wedged in there that should give them the ability to tinker a little bit and see how guys react in different situational football, especially defensively. But it's really just they paid their quarterback and then gave him as many resources as possible. They really should. I mean, when you think about it, it's like the Jets have a pretty stacked offense. The Chargers are kind of stacked, I guess. The Bengals. Dolphins have some receivers. Jags have a pretty stacked offense. Ravens are up there, especially in the AFC in terms of talent and their offensive line skill positions together. So they're going to have to outscore teams. I think that they're taking the fully modern approach to getting away from the identity of the franchise and getting through and scoring, scoring at will, being a potent offense that defenses can't beat and closing games out offensively instead of defensively. But it's not like you don't have Marcus Williams, Roquan Smith, Humphrey coming back, you know, Patrick Queen in there and, and a really nice defensive line. So, um, yeah, I think that I had it playing out. I guess just, I'll just rattle through, I guess, the AFC. Do we want to do it that way or do you want to go ahead and finish yours off? Um, so I so I've got I've got like my like wild card round screen pulled up here. So I've got all the matchups and I've got who wins what on both sides. So I can, I could just go through the full weekend. Go through that. I've got mine as well. Give me your playoff picture and then I'll go through mine. So jets as the two are hosting the Colts as a seven. I had the jets winning that, uh, feels like kind of a shoe in, uh, Jaguars is the, and Jaguars is the four hosting the bills as a five. I had the bills getting the road upset there. So they move on into the divisional and then the Ravens is the three. They face the Bengals as the six naturally. And, this would be in Baltimore, and it's just fucking time. And I have them getting that win. Like you, you gotta, you know, get revenge for last year, and it's time to, uh, time to show yourself that you're on on par with the Bengals here. And I don't know. I just feel like with the moves they've made, and some people low key kind of sleeping on them too the last couple of weeks, especially with all the Steelers love as people are kind of reading into the preseason a little bit with the Steelers. I think just to, just a touch, which is okay. I think they're a solid roster and they'll be good. But yeah, like I said, Bengals coming to Baltimore, Ravens beat them on Wild Card Weekend, and then on the NFC side. At the Eagles as the five seed going to the Saints as the four seed, they win there. Uh, the Eagles do that is so road upset or yeah, road upset there. And then Vikings play the Giants at home again. I had the Vikings winning this time. Uh, that was the three versus the six. And then Cowboys two versus Seahawks seven. I had the Cowboys winning that. So that's my wild card weekend. It's very nice. Keep on going. Rattle through your playoffs. Okay. Divisional through round your, through, through your through your AFC 
divisional round, this would be fun. I have the Baltimore Ravens going to New York to take on the two-seed Jets. And you will be shocked to hear that I have the Baltimore Ravens winning that game. Uh, you know, definitely, you know, could be a little bit of a homer pick, but it's not really too far to travel for a playoff game. I don't think that would be uh, a lot to manage from a logistical perspective. Uh, John Harbaugh, just way more playoff experience than Robert Sala. I think he'll have his guys ready to go. Uh, a lot of the Ravens players have more playoff experience than a lot of these Jets players. It's, you know, a young team in some ways. Garrett Wilson is one of your big stars. Quinn Williams hasn't really done much in terms of playoff experience. Like you said, they're counting on guys like Mekhi Becton. We'll see what happens with that offensive line. Uh, but, I mean, they'll be a strong two seed, but ultimately. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers, not, not for nothing. He hasn't really hasn't really shown up in the playoffs the last couple of years. It's, you know, something that people don't really talk about a ton going into this year, which is understandable. I mean, you want to have that optimism going into the season, but it's going to be a discussion if, you know, we do get to this scenario, I think. And I've just got the Ravens getting it done uh, there, which, you know, like I said, maybe a homer, but who knows. Uh, Bills Chiefs, uh, another matchup in Arrowhead, the one seed versus the five seed. Uh, I just have a hard time betting against the Chiefs in the playoffs. So I have them winning that. Uh, Vikings, three seed, go to Cowboys, two seed. Got the Cowboys winning there, and they advance to the conference championship to take on the San Francisco 49ers, who beat the five seeded Philadelphia Eagles. So, Niners, Cowboys, NFC championship game. I feel like that would be sweet. Uh, and then, yeah, for my conference championship, Ravens go to the Chiefs. And, like, this is I this is definitely me being a homer a little bit because in a, any other scenario, I probably would pick the Chiefs here. But I just had the thought that it's like if your team's going to make it to the Final Four, why not just pick them to go all the way through? So I had the Ravens beating the Chiefs in what would be a miraculously amazing win. And uh, I would probably still be drunk by the time the Super Bowl rolled around if they were to pull that off. But uh, why not just go for it? Like I said, and then I had the Niners beating the uh, Cowboys at home, uh, which is, this would be quite a run for the Niners with Brock Purdy and Sam Darnold and this poo-poo platter of quarterbacks. But I just, I believe that much in Shanty, I think, where uh, it would be weird, but uh, anything can happen. Ravens 49ers meet for a Super Bowl rematch. And of course, I picked the Ravens. Of course. Oh. I mean, and it's like, that's really, I do feel that this team and like I said, they're going to get better over time, and I feel like they have the potential to make it to a conference championship on talent and coaching alone. I would probably like it better if they had a little more playoff experience, but they just, they really don't. And I mean, you know, they, they've had negative experiences there thus far, but, you know, all it takes is one galvanizing win, and you can kind of turn that reputation around a little bit. And I think this could be the year potentially where they get it done. And picking with my head, I had them getting to the divisional round, it wouldn't be crazy if they upset the Chiefs in New York at all. And then, you know, you the start Jets in New York. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it, you start to pick with your heart a little bit by the time you get to the conference championship game. It's kind of a wash. So I got them there. And then I was like, all right, you know what? Let's just ride this out. Ravens winning the Super Bowl this year. That's my prediction. There you go. Call your shot. I'll, I'll go backwards. I have the Giants losing to the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. I got there from the Niners hosting the Giants, who the Giants defeat. I had the Chiefs hosting the Ravens, the Ravens and the Chiefs. That is my bold prediction. Exact same thing happened for you. They play in the playoffs. I don't know if, I guess the Ravens would have to probably be the wild card. Maybe the Chiefs don't win their division, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to count on that. So um, otherwise it's going to be in the championship game. I just think those two teams have a destiny that is not yet achieved of playing in a playoff game. That will be great. We've seen Allen versus Mahomes. We've seen Burrow versus Mahomes. I think we see Jackson versus Mahomes. And I'm going to go with the Chiefs, of course, with Jackson Mahomes. Jackson Mahomes. There will be plenty of jokes about it. Um, I, I feel like the Ravens can't 
get pressure with four until proven otherwise. And that's why I, I think the Chiefs win. I can see Lamar Jackson like having a great playoffs, kind of like what we saw to, to be a homer. This is my homer take. Like Joe Flacco struggled in the playoffs. They managed to win a couple games despite him in many ways. Lamar Jackson's had a couple of clunkers that they didn't win. Now we see maybe Lamar Jackson turn on in the playoffs with a bevy of weapons, have a two, three win run, or I guess a two win run or so getting to the championship game, coming that close. Um, you know, they just still, I don't know that they have that guy at receiver still to like dominate in the end, whatever, but it's more so defensively. I just think you have to be able to get pressure with four. Uh, Mahomes will put up 30 points on you at will. He'll put up 24, 30, 35 in the playoffs on you. And, uh, you know, whoever gets the ball last. So yeah. That's my and, prediction. and that's kind of, it's funny. Like that's how it worked in the, the one time that they did meet, beat Mahomes, where it was a total shootout and a total track meet, but they also were really smart in the way that they played him where they kind of went mush rush and they forced toner turnovers. And they definitely got lucky with that fumble at the end with Oway, but like they had a couple sacks They had a, I think one or two interceptions in that game. So it's going to need to be explosive plays from the defensive side of the ball to hang in a matchup like that. Definitely. So, you know, thin at corner, thin at pass rusher. The offense is your pass rush in your corners, which is a good approach. Maybe they make a move or something like that. Um, the way I had the Ravens getting there was by beating the Chargers in the wild card. And then I had them beating the Jags at home in the divisional round to go play the Chiefs there. Overall, I had the Jets losing to the Bills, the Jags beating the Bengals, which then turned into the Chiefs beating the Bills, the Ravens beating the Jags, and that's how they got there. So um, in the NFC, I'm, I'm going with the Giants, man. I'm going with the Giants. I think they have the right anti-movement. They have like the 2016, 2017, 2015. The quarterback's not that expensive. Great offensive line. They've got some players at all levels defensively. Um, you know, the weapons should be a little bit better. I don't know if they have the receivers, so maybe that's why I'm stupid. You know, Saquon's there. I think they can do everything well. I think they'll be able to rush the passer. I think they'll be able to cover. I think they'll be able to stop the run. They have Dexter Lawrence inside. Offensive line will help them run the ball. They can throw the ball enough because of Dayball's scheme, and they brought in better receivers. Um, so I really like the Giants. I had them beating the 49ers in the conference championship. I had the Niners beating the Saints, the Lions losing to the Giants, the Falcons beating the Vikings, which is maybe my stupidest and boldest prediction of this whole thing. Uh, the Falcons not only winning their division, but then beating the Vikings. In the have, have, a, have a take on some of these teams. Some of these people that just go so chalk, like it's it's kind of boring. Like I, I'm, about, I'm going chalk. I only had four new teams in the playoffs. No, but that's, that's why I think it sucks. There's no, going to be more than that. But people would pick against the Falcons just because they're bored by Ritter. They don't think he's going to be good. Like have a take and say a guy's going to break out. I like that. Exactly. I think Ritter is like is like solid as hell, and they run the shit out of the ball and have a authoritative defense in place. And take that next step. It's got to be somebody. Like, out of the NFL, when I'm looking around, it's like, okay, maybe it's the Commanders, the Bears or the Packers, the Falcons. It happens every year. The Steelers or the Broncos. Those are the teams. One of them is going to play in the divisional or conference championship round or something. Yeah. There has to be one new team. I had the Giants going, you know, pretty far here. And the Ravens, who were not there last year at all. So, a little bit of a mix-up at the very top. Um, I had the Eagles losing to the Giants in the playoffs in a shocker. So... I think this is a, a fun year for the Giants, the Eagles, the Niners, the NFC North is uh, weird. The NFC South is bad and somebody's going to come out and I think it's the Falcons. And then we've got, you know, Herbert, Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen, and Trevor fucking Lawrence in the AFC. Those are the quarterbacks in the AFC in the playoffs. 
So it is stacked to the gills. It is loaded. And I frankly, when I'm looking at this now in retrospect, I bet on all the quarterbacks. I didn't bet on Russell Wilson. I didn't bet on Kenny Pickard or Deshaun Watson. I didn't bet on Tua. And in the NFC or the AFC South, I bet on Trevor Lawrence and nobody else. So that's how this turned out for me. And I'm confident that at least five of those teams will get to the playoffs. So you had Chiefs beating the Giants in the Super Bowl? Is that what it was? I had the Chiefs beating the Giants in the Super Bowl. I had the Chiefs beating the Ravens in the AFC Championship and the Giants beating the Niners in the NFC Championship. That's pretty That's pretty damn saucy. The Giants going all the way to the Super Bowl. I like that. Niners-Giants NFC Championship. That'll be fun. Shout out to Kyle Williams. Rematch of that game. I probably am an idiot. Last year, I took the Packers to go to the Super Bowl. So NFC, I don't know what the heck's going on. Over I think there. I did. I think I did too, actually. We so, might have. Yeah. We might have matched. We might have both had Chiefs Packers, which was a super popular matchup. It was, yeah. And then we realized that they literally didn't have anyone to throw the ball to. And uh and Aaron <laughs> Aaron was, you know, going through some stuff. Um it most certainly was. Yeah. So that is the full NFL deep dive. Anything else before we uh close up shop here? Let's say what, what why don't the Ravens make the playoffs as our uh I guess we could say is our, our one thing. Why don't the Ravens make the playoffs this year? I think that they play a weird schedule and they don't get enough done offensively, or excuse me, defensively. Um, they are thin in two key spots. They get thinner there and aren't able to get it done because of that. And then I'll say offensively, let's say that, you know, they just have a weird time. Todd Munkin maybe has a weird time. They turn the ball a little bit turn the ball over a little bit too much late in game, something like that offensively. I think those are the the key things there. But, I mean, exciting year. Todd Munkin coming in, going to push the ball downfield. I think J.K. Dobbins is in line to do disgusting, filthy, dirty things this year, despite what anybody says about him. He is fucking good at football. He is the best. Like, on a field with anybody else, you'll watch him and say, that's the best player on the field at moments throughout a game. Yeah, moves different. He's built a little different. Think he's in for a fifteen hundred yard all purpose, ten plus touchdown year. A um, little worried about Mark Andrews being dinged up. Hopefully, you know he did practice today. He was limited. It was a quad, which makes me feel better. It's a quad. I don't. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. But um, that's why I think the Ravens would miss the playoffs. And the fact that they play in a tough ass division. Let's say the Steelers do do it, and the Browns do do it, and. The Ravens end up somehow nine and eight with some injury problems and three teams from the AFC North go to the playoffs and not one of them. But I think the Ravens are headed to an 11, 12, maybe even a 13 win year and a fun season. Yeah, they they could miss by getting off to that bad start that I mentioned and just not recovering like Humphrey's injury could maybe linger and maybe he doesn't come back or he's not the same when he reenters the lineup. Uh, Same thing could happen with Bowser. I mean, that's a sneaky big guy to not have in the lineup. Lamar Jackson also said today that he's anxious about getting back out there. He hasn't played football since December 7th. I mean, they played, what, five, six games without him to end the year. So, you know, he's coming off an injury too. uh, And hopefully everything's good there, but that could be a little bit of a readjustment. And then, yeah, can Todd Monken play the guitar? I guess we're going to find out. Uh, But the talent's there on the offensive side of the ball. So if they don't succeed, you got to look pretty much squarely at him, especially with all that they have accomplished with Lamar. Uh, it just it needs to be a step forward. I expect it to be, but that could be uh, maybe one of the reasons why things don't work out. And yeah, just depth on defense uh, could be a little bit better, certainly. But um, you know, I feel like if they if they need depth severely, I think moves are going to be made midseason. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, I'm right there with you. Like I said, I had them at 11 and wins, and I picked them to win the fucking Super Bowl. So I certainly am not expecting a collapse this year. 
Likewise, we had them conference championship and Super Bowl winners. It would be sick on the 10-year anniversary of them winning the Super Bowl if, like my theory is, they win one Super Bowl per decade for my entire life. That's what I think happens here. So uh, maybe that, it'll be next year. Maybe it'll be this year. Maybe it'll be 2029. But I think they get it done at some point in the 2020s. If they do that and the Patriots never win another one, we'll probably see them have the most Super Bowls of all time if that holds up before we exit stage. I'll, be, I'll be dead by 60. I'll be dead way. No, stop. You're going to be around forever. I'll see the Ravens win five Super Bowls in my life. That's my prediction. Okay. Well, I hope you're right. Patrick Queen, huge year. Roquan Smith, Patrick Queen, Marcus Williams, Kyle Hamilton. That's uh, who needs to step up, and they, the Ravens need to have a big defensive performance. They're very, they, are, they are built up the middle of the defense. They are like the Orioles. Like, they are just, you know, absolutely. They are like the Orioles. That's a good call. Spinal. Just spinal. Just completely spinal tap of a defense. And that's, what, that's what Elias and DaCosta have cooking. We're going to be strong up the middle. Hey, DaCosta and Sig, and, and, and Elias, too. I think they're all pretty good friends, so it makes sense. Oh, yeah, they, they borrow Sig for the draft. Plus, that transfers the offensive side of the ball. They drafted a center in the first round. They paid a quarterback $250 million, and they you know have invested a little bit at running back. They got Gus Edwards, J.K. Dobbins. I'll throw Justice Hill in there. They're, they're strong. Yeah. From running back through safety, they are strong. Middle out. And they finally figured it out at wide receiver, too, this year. So they've got, you know, even on the offensive side of the ball, they figured it out at the perimeter there, at least. So, What do we say about Zay Flowers at the end of this football season? Uh, Great talent. I don't know if the production is going to be like 1,000 yards, but I'm expecting somewhere like 800 to 900 and like probably like seven to eight touchdowns. Like, I think he's going to look really fucking good. I, I don't know. Like I said, there's a lot of mouths to feed on this offense, which is a good problem to have. But And I think he will be a top one. I mean, he's listed as third on the depth chart right now, technically, uh, with Bateman and uh, Odell as the uh, number ones. But he's going to get a lot of looks out of the slot. He's going to have a lot a lot of one-on-ones that I think he's going to absolutely eat against. Uh, and that's, that's not even counting the tight ends and the running threat in this offense. Like they, there's just going to be a lot of attention to devote a lot of places and they're going to take full advantage with the skill set that he has. Cause he just looked like a, and you know, I don't want to overreact to preseason, but he just looked like a different player than a lot of the guys out there on the field in the preseason. I agree very much. So I think he's a playmaker and I think he's the one that stays healthy of the three big ones and, uh, ends up. Doing a lot after the catch. I think Munkin gets him the ball in space a ton. I think him and Dobbins do a lot of damage in the open field this season. I'll throw a bold prediction out. I think that Kyle Hamilton, I think he has an all-pro year. I think he has at least a Pro Bowl year. I think Kyle Hamilton looks like a stud. I think him and Marcus Williams do some absolute damage as a yin and a yang back there. I'm excited to see how McDonald deploys him specifically and what that role will look like. But I think Kyle Hamilton's prime. My, my bold prediction about Kyle Hamilton, I think he's going to have like five sacks. I think he's going to have a lot of sacks and like three, four forced fumbles. And I think that's why he gets like some nods. I think he has some good stats. I think he has like 85 tackles, like four and a half to five and a half sacks, like three forced fumbles, breaks up some passes, has some game-winning plays, some things like that. He, he started to really look like that All-American Ken Griffey Jr. type at the end of the season last year. And um, him and Marcus Williams are going to have to have that middle out, that middle out compression working wonders with Smith and queen for this defense to, to be effective, especially early on. Yep. No doubt. So very exciting things uh, to look forward to in a, in a lot of different respects. And there are certainly issues with depth and uh, some question marks for sure. Uh, as far as talent uh, in top end areas and certain positions, but overall strong roster coaching staff is very strong as well. And uh, excited to see what they do this year. 
Rockison, last player I'll say. Rock if Rockison stays healthy, I think the secondary gets it done. I think Marlin and plays Marlin. well too. Like he's he's gonna have to like really hold things up here in the first I think month. as long as he's healthy, he does play well. I think in that in that same vein of of what a Mike McDonald corner can be asked to do um on the easier side of things, especially with Marlin out, I think they they protect them with those safeties. So I'll say that's kind of my X factor. Rockison staying healthy. I think he plays well if he's healthy. And uh, Marlon Humphrey's a freak, man. Like he is a genetic freak. He is a world-class sprinter is literally insane. Like not even in like a cool way, but like a weird way. And he'll be back. Like Marlon Humphrey will be fine by week eight. He'll be fine. He's uh he's a psycho. So if give me a healthy, you sin. And I think this team can, can go pretty far. What's going to happen if they beat the Bengals in week two. And then that flight, is he going to still be able to, I wonder if he travels with the team and he still does the Instagram live. Who I don't even want to know what he would be doing if he wasn't on that plane. He'll after hours, Marlin after a, a game that he wasn't a part of. Who who knows what that entails? Yeah, there would be a lot of really funny jokes cracked. You got to think that all the guys would be laughing really hard at the uh, the, the material that he'd bring to that. That for sure. So at a plus material. Yeah. Okay. That we got. Baltimore Ravens, 2023 NFL season is here. We have Chiefs Lions tomorrow. It is going to be spectacular. Very excited, excited for the jumbo set. We're going to try to have a really set schedule. Jake and I are about to, to lock that down best we can, give you guys some fixated times throughout the season. Something we got a little away from last year. We, we went a little crazy last year at times. It was a weird season. Lamar Jackson situation was weird, but we'll be trying to bring you guys some consistent content along with the flagship pod too. So keep your eyes out. Jumbo set will be going long and strong throughout the season. I'm super fired up, fired up to – Going to the new the new era of Lamar Jackson, the the paid Lamar Jackson era. Alongside with you, we uh, have a little rebrand ourselves with the jumbo set. Lamar Jackson has a little rebrand with quarter quarter of a billion dollars. So fired up. We're uh, we're moving along with Lamar here in our timelines. Yep, exactly. And so for a to that point, for a more in depth preview of the Texans game, you can check that out on Friday on this same podcast feed that you're listening to under the main flagship exit 52 podcast it'll probably be me you and brian maybe we'll get taylor in the mix and uh eric uh not going to be having to hop on these as much thankfully now that we're in the mix uh thankfully for everyone really uh and mainly for his sanity i think so we'll have that out for you uh if you're still interested in listening to oriel stuff you can uh, check it out tomorrow eric and brian i think are sitting down tonight to talk a little bit about what's been going on with them uh big getaway game tonight uh, with kyle gibson getting the start there on the mound uh, so, and as you're listening to this, that episode will already be out. So, uh, check that out. If you want to get your Orioles fix, shout out to all our sponsors. We did not have a segment to show today, so I didn't shout them out as we went, but of course, Jimmy seafood presenting black eyed Susan spices in the mix, as well as fed thrill sunglasses for black eyed Susan and fed thrill. You can use code exit 52 on their respective websites for 10% off. And then for Jimmy's, uh, if you want to attend a little meet and greet with Grayson Rodriguez. Check out their website, jimmysfamousseafood.com. Uh, check out their events tab. That is going to be Grayson. Like I said, a little meet and greet at the bar at Jimmy's. And uh, Eric, one Eric Arditi, uh, X of 52 Zone, will be in the mix there helping to co-host that event. So it's going to be really fun. Like I said, September 25th, check out their events tab on their website and uh, go get yourself some tickets now and uh, enjoy. So thank you guys for listening. Uh, it's been a really fun start to this little venture, like you said, and it's going to continue. We're probably going to be doing at least one of these a week and then uh, have the previews and reviews be more of a flagship podcast thing. So it's going to be fun, like I said, and looking forward to it. So until then, we will see you. See you. Arrivederci.
really, really hard and they execute your system and that's what it's all about. Yes, there sir. Trust. He's pretty, he's pretty, big, big trust. trust. Big, big trust, trust. Baby. Hey, yes, sir. <laughs> right on cue. Hey, right on cue. Hey, I, let me